Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. On The Look Ahead, Scott Seidenberg here with you from Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL Week 10 slate will get underway with Thursday Night Football. The Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. I love the Ravens in a teaser spot. And I also love Pittsburgh against North Carolina in college football on Thursday night. And yeah, I think both of these teams cover their spreads with the Ravens covering seven, seven and a half. I think they win by double digits. And I think Pitt wins by a touchdown. And they're six and a half, now seven point favorites. And some people would say, don't tease college football. But I say, why not? Like, I'm not one of those people that follows all of these rules. Uh, like I talked about with Adam Burke about teasing through zero. You know, I'm just trying to win. Just trying to win a bet. And I love Pittsburgh to win this game on Thursday night. I love Baltimore to win this game on Thursday night. Why not tease them both? And get both of them money lined. It's basically doing a money line parlay on both of them, except you're paying minus 120 instead of... Uh, Probably a little higher than that, right? So let's see what a two-team money line parlay would pay out right now if you take Pitt at minus 255 and you take the Ravens at minus 320. Well, that's minus 122. Pretty much the same exact thing as you're going to get with a two-team teaser of Pitt and my and Baltimore. So if you get Pitt and... Yeah, it's literally going to be the uh, 
minus 120, minus 122. So really no difference. So uh, I think that if you have both of them at seven and the current money line situation, I like a money line parlay with both of these teams. Now, what's good about doing a money line parlay as opposed to a teaser here, I didn't realize that's going to be the same value, but um, you avoid the push possibility if they win by one. Just taking them on the money line, you avoid the one. If you tease them down from seven to one, you can push, which is a loss. So, uh, yeah, I like it. Steeler, uh, Ravens, excuse me, Ravens and Pittsburgh in a money line parlay for Thursday night football action at minus 122. I think both of those teams win. So Pitt is going to be one of my official college football plays for this weekend's card. And that's a game, obviously, that starts on uh, Thursday. I really thought about taking South Florida on Friday. I really did. But I decided not on that one. Just, just Maybe just yet. Maybe I'll get into it. But one spot I really like on Saturday is actually a first half spot. Now, I do like this game line, but it is high. And maybe there's a backdoor scenario or whatnot. Best to just avoid it, even though I don't think it's going to be necessary. And that's the Houston Cougars, who I bet last week. I've actually bet them two weeks in a row. Wow, this is not three weeks in a row I'm going to be betting on Houston. I had them against SMU. They won. I had them against South Florida, minus 13. They won by 12. They let up the two kick returns for touchdowns, but we're we're over that now. And they're 24.5-point favorites this week against Temple. I think they cover that line, to be honest with you. And it's because Temple is so bad. Like, so bad. Temple has scored... Uh, combined, what is it, 26 points over their last four games combined. They've scored 26 points in their last four games combined. That's bad. And now they have to face a Houston defense that ranks top 10 in the country in yards and top five in the country, in sacks. And this is an elite defense going up against a bad offense. But the reason why I'm going to go on the uh, first half line is because I just can't see a way. Like, I can see maybe there's a backdoor, but probably not. Temple's not going to score. This is going to be like a 41-0 type game, something like that. But let's just say... It's a 34-10 final, and the 24-and-a-half doesn't cover. You know, like like something crazy. Excuse me. It's it's 35-3, to right? And Temple scores a touchdown and decides to go for a two-point conversion. 35-11 final score. Like, something crazy could happen, but I don't think it's going to be that way. I think that Houston's probably going to score 40-somewhat, 50-somewhat points, and Temple's just not going to score at all. So I do think that minus 24.5 is a a good read here for the game. Uh, Temple is 1-6 and against the spread as an underdog, losing by an average of 39 points in those games. 
But in the first half, this is what I really like. And I actually really like the first quarter bet, but a first half bet. Houston is 14th in the country in first half scoring. They average 20.4 points in the first half this season. Temple is 129th in the country. There's 130 FBS teams. They're 129th. They average just about seven points in the first half. I think Houston's going to go into the locker room easily up three scores. I think they cover the first half. I think they cover the game. Plus, let's talk about this from a situational standpoint, like we get into with Adam Burke here. Houston is, (coughs) excuse me, they have to feel very disrespected playing in this game. They lost their first game of the season to Texas Tech. And since then, they have won eight straight games. They are now ranked 17th in the Associated Press poll. However, despite being 8-1, and one, despite being 17th, the College Football Playoff Committee decided they're not good enough to be in their top 25. There's teams that got three losses that are in the college football playoff top 25. Houston, who has won eight straight games. There's not many teams in college football that have won eight straight games. Yet, they're not in the top 25. I would think that those players would take it personally. I would think that you that you would have a bunch of players that want to show up and blow out an opponent coming up here on Saturday. Plus, Houston on the road this season, three and one against the spread, averaging forty six points per game on the road. You have an angry Houston team that's just waiting till they get to play Cincinnati, and I promise you I will bet them against Cincinnati because I think they're going to beat them. And you have an offense that scores 46 points per game on the road that averages almost 21 points in the first half and they're going up against a team that it has lost by an average of 39 points as an underdog this season, that has scored only 26 points in the last four games combined, yeah, this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be an ugly, ugly blowout. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S, O-N-A-I-R. That's that's probably going to be the ugliest spot that I have this weekend in terms of a game that has such a high spread. I mean, look, I hate laying big numbers, and normally I would love taking an underdog with a huge number here, but Temple's just that bad of a football team that 
I can see this one. Like, like I said, I, I, I don't think they're going to score, to be honest with you. Let me just read you the scores of Temple's last four games. They've lost four straight games after miraculously beating Memphis. They lost to Cincinnati 52-3. to They lost to South Florida 34-14. They lost at home to Central Florida 49-7. And they lost last week at East Carolina 45-3. Someone's got to tell me how this game is not going to follow the exact same pattern as these previous ones. And Houston's not going to win 49-6 to or something like that. I just, I can't see it. This is going to be an ugly, ugly game in Philadelphia coming up on Saturday. Uh, you know, Houston, you want to say, okay, maybe they're looking ahead to playing against Memphis. I, I don't think so. Especially that game's at home. They're not looking ahead to Memphis. Memphis has to deal with Eastern Carolina this weekend. They're not looking ahead. Right now, Houston knows they win their next three games. They're playing Cincinnati in the American Championship game, and that's all that matters. And then there's a chance that Houston finds themselves as the highest-ranked Group of Five champion and is playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. But the committee's got to wake up and uh, realize how good this team is, because I certainly know. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. VSN midseason football special is here. For only $99, you get everything VSN has to offer from now to the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in depth data and analysis on VSN.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. This is a great deal at only $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's a look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. When taking a look at uh, the NFL card here for this weekend, obviously there are certain things that uh, we have to find out about. Is Aaron Rodgers going to play uh, against Russell Wilson coming up this weekend? Um, is there going to be Kyler Murray at quarterback for the Cardinals coming up this week against the Panthers? And who, in fact, is the quarterback going to be for the Carolina Panthers? There's a lot going on in the NFL uh, with, with injuries and whatnot. Let me update you on what's been going down so far. Keenan Allen for the uh, Chargers did not practice on Wednesday and that's probably just a maintenance day, but you'll we'll know more coming up here on Thursday. But no, no, no practice for Keenan Allen, who uh, played every snap against the Eagles last week. Johnny Smith, the tight end for the Patriots, did practice with a limited basis on Wednesday. Zach Wilson was limited in practice for the Jets on Wednesday. The Jets have already named Mike White as the starting quarterback for this weekend's game against the Buffalo Bills. Hunter Renfro of the Raiders was limited in practice, and uh, he probably is just going to be just, you know, just just taking a cautious approach with Renfro, who is the number one receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. Miles Garrett did not practice for the Cleveland Browns. You know, you have a lot of this on Wednesdays in the NFL. A lot of vets get off on Wednesdays in uh, the NFL. So uh, don't really want to read too much, <clears throat> excuse me, into guys missing practice. But, you know, it's, it's worth noting, especially when guys are dealing with a little bit of injury. Like Tua. Tua Tungavailoa is questionable for the Dolphins game against the Rams. And there was a report on Twitter, at least, that the team was planning for Jacoby Brissett to start. Now, we won't know <coughs> more until... Uh, you know, Thursday and Friday and then into Saturday, but they are planning possibly for Jacoby Brissett to start. Well, actually, the game is on Thursday, uh, Thursday night, so that's what I'm talking uh, What am I talking about? Dolphins playing uh, the, Raven, the Ravens. But right now, Tua is status up in the air with the finger, and it looks like it could be uh, Jacoby Brissett. I don't think it matters. Jacoby Brissett or Tua Tungavailoa, I think that the Ravens are just going to absolutely blow them out coming up here on Thursday. 
So uh, that's probably, um, you know, what's going to happen here. Jacoby Brissett's going to start, and it's going to be, you know, just a Ravens blowout victory. So not worried about that one here. Uh, let's go through some more player news around the NFL. Um, let's see. Uh, you have Hollywood Brown, who is dealing with a little bit of something, but uh, he's okay. He's been removed from the injury report. He practiced fully, so he's good. Um, David Bakhtiari has been activated for the Green Bay Packers, which is big. Uh, he hasn't played yet this season. He tore his ACL at the end of last season. Not sure if he's going to play coming up this Sunday against the Seahawks, but he uh, will be back out there sooner rather than later. So it is um, good news for the Packers getting Bakhtiari back on that offensive line. They're having a solid season so far, but it's going to be even you know a bigger help to that line if uh, they get him back. Uh, speaking of guys dealing with injuries, Damian Harris, who has a concussion for the Patriots, he did not practice here on Wednesday. Also, uh, the rookie running back, Ramondre Stevenson, didn't practice as well. And this one could be coming down till Sunday to find out if either of them is going to play against the Cleveland Browns. That is a very interesting game to me, the Browns and the Patriots. I kind of like the way the Patriots have been playing football this season. I've talked about them a lot about how I think that maybe there's some value on the Patriots to win the end of the AFC East because, you know, they play Buffalo coming up twice and, you know, Buffalo, I don't really know how good they are. But I actually think that this game is going to be a very telling game for the future of both of these teams. You look first at the, obviously, at the uh, Browns. The Browns right now are staring up at both the Ravens and the Steelers. I believe the Ravens get a win on Thursday night, so the Ravens will improve to 7-2. and two. The Steelers should win against the lowly Lions, so the Steelers would improve to 6-3. and three. And the Browns, should they lose and fall to 5 and 5 it's not going to it's the season could get away from them sooner rather than later you don't want to fall too far behind in this in, in this race because look at their schedule for the browns after this game against the patriots yes they get the lions but then there's Back to back games with the Baltimore Ravens, right? Because they they have uh, a bye week mixed in there, and then they're going to play uh, for the Cleveland Browns after the Ravens double dip. It's the Raiders, and then the Packers at the Steelers. And then the Bengals. This is a difficult schedule. And looking at these games, they're already an underdog at New England. They'll be favored over the Lions. They'll be underdogs in both games against the Ravens. They'll be a favorite over the Raiders. They'll be dogs at the Packers. They'll be dogs at the Steelers. And they'll be a small favorite against the Bengals. So we're talking about three games for the rest of this season that they will be favored in. 
if they lose this game to the Patriots, Browns probably won't make the playoffs. Now, if they win and they improve to six and four, this is a different story now. Because if they win those games that they're favored in, we're talking about a nine-win football team. And a chance that, hey, maybe nine wins is good enough to get you that seventh seed in the AFC playoffs. And if you happen to pull an upset in one of those other games, maybe you're a 10-win team. This game will tell a lot about what the season's going to be for the Cleveland Browns. And it's the same thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Excuse me, for the uh, New England Patriots. Because the Patriots, their schedule, they'll be favored at the Falcons, I believe. Excuse me. Then they'll be favored against the Jaguars and the Dolphins. So they also have three games in which they will be favored for the remainder of their schedule. If they lose this game, the division is not necessarily out of it because they do play Buffalo twice. And that's going to help. But Buffalo likely going to win against the Jets, which will improve them to 6-3. and three. And the Patriots will be two games behind them at 5-5. Five and five. <coughs> Excuse me. I think that this game not only will tell the tale for the Cleveland Browns, but it will also tell what the season's going to be for the Patriots. If the Patriots win this football game, improve to six and four, there's a good chance that they are a at least a nine-win team with the other three games that they're favored in, right? If they lose this game, maybe they don't get to nine wins. And the division's probably out of it, unless you're talking about sweeping the Buffalo Bills. And they can't afford to lose any other games, even if they do sweep the Bills. You want to be in a position where if you sweep Buffalo, you overtake first place from them. Not, you'll need help. So they can't afford to lose any of these games. Uh, And, you know, they're a small favorite against the Browns, so it's not like, you know, a game where against the Jaguars are going to be a heavier favorite, but they are a favorite against the Browns, and you got to win the games that you're a favorite in. At home against Cleveland, you want to be a playoff team, win this football game. It's as simple as that. This is the most important game on this schedule because it's going to affect both teams' playoff chances here in Week 10. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Coming up next, we'll get into the NBA with our NBA insider, Jonathan Von Tobel. This is The Look Ahead. Here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With college basketball starting this week, now is the time to get your copy of annual betting guide for only $10. This year's guide has everything you need to bet on the games all season long, including odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis for every team. 
our team of experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, and Tim Murray, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and player awards. Sign up today and get your copy for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network, as we turn our attention to the association. And we welcome in host of The Edge here on vcin and our NBA expert. He is Jonathan Von Tobel. JVT, uh, the first thing I want to ask is, how has this undertrend been going? Uh, has there been some regression? Are we getting back to some overs in the NBA? What have you noticed since the last time you and I spoke? Uh, well, we're not exactly getting back to overs. Uh, tonight, it was 7-6 and six to the over, so a very slight win. Uh, we are still hitting well at 61%, dude. So okay. It is, uh, it's funny. Like, over the last the seven days, you know, I write a betting report for Points Grid Weekly. So over the last seven days, you know, that has been a uh, average total. Uh-oh, got an alarm going up. Uh, there's been an average total of 216, but other than that, we haven't seen much. Have you noticed the market maybe catching up a little bit, or are we still trying to take advantage of some of these spots here if we see some of these numbers that are low enough? Uh, you know, I think for certain teams, right, like, the, like there's like the Charlotte Hornets, for example, right? The Charlotte Hornets are a team that right now is seventh in offensive efficiency. They're 24th in defensive efficiency, third in pace. And so, like, that's the only team. How about this? Out of all of the teams in the NBA, there is only five that are over 50%, and they're the only one over 54% going to the over. So I think there's specific teams like them that you can take advantage of. But at this point right now, we're still finding like waiting for water to find its level. You know what I mean? Like offensive efficiency is up about 0.4 points per 100 possessions on average. So that's starting to creep back up a little bit. Three-point shooting starting to creep back up a little bit too. So it's a slow burn. I think it's probably going to be a little bit longer than I expected for these overs to start hitting it with a little bit more regularity outside of some of these certain teams like Charlotte. Uh, JVT, the Warriors improved to 10-1 and here on the early season. Uh, What have you noticed about Golden State and why they've gotten off to this incredibly hot start? Yeah, I think it's funny, you know, when you talk about the Warriors and if I threw out there, you know, give me give me the best defensive team in the NBA. I think the normal person would probably not get to Golden State for a while, but they are. They're the best defensive team in the NBA, and it's not even close. 100.9 points every 100 possessions allowed in non-garbage time minutes. Uh, the next closest defensive team is the uh, Denver Nuggets right now at 102.6. They're tied with the Clippers. The Warriors have been absolutely tremendous defensively. And keep in mind, like this is not like just some all of a sudden, hey, the Warriors are starting to get it on defense. No. Last year, they were fifth in defensive efficiency during their runs, right? When they had full strength, Clay Thompson, you know, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, they were actually a top five defensive team. Draymond Green's a legit defensive player of the year candidate. They are so good defensively, man. It's absolutely crazy what they've been able to do. And their offense is actually starting to turn things around right now, a third in offensive efficiency. And Steph Curry's a really big part of that. So the Warriors have been absolutely tremendous. And they are a team that is like legitimate on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know how good they are offensively. Like when you talk about the minutes without Steph Curry on the floor, their offense really tanks. But from a defensive standpoint, every minute of the game, they are a legitimately good team. Would you consider betting them to win the Western Conference right now? I, you know what? At this point, I wouldn't tell you no. I mean, just given the state of the conference, right? Like, just look around it. Uh-huh. We have the Denver Nuggets with one of the worst benches in the NBA. We have the Utah Jazz, who are fine, but very quietly, their bench has been extremely inefficient. Whenever Donovan Mitchell leaves the floor, their offensive rating goes from about 113, 114 to 106. So it's been really bad on the offensive end for them. Phoenix is in the bottom half of the league in defensive efficiency right now. And then we can look at the rest of the teams, right? You know, the Clippers are, are getting there, and they're starting to figure some things out, but it's wide open. So 
you know, I thought they were going to be a end of the year team. I think I told you that before the season started, yep. right? Like I, I would say at this point right now, like I, I maybe might snatch them up now because I don't think they're going to be leaving the odds board anytime soon at the top. Yeah, it's interesting. What about in the Eastern Conference? You know, the Miami Heat were a team that I wanted to play on uh, despite the loss to the Lakers. And, you know, you could excuse that. Jimmy Butler leaves the game. Uh, what have you seen from this Heat team, uh, you know, slowing down from their start, but still now 7-4 and four to start the year? So there's been something that's been bothering me about Miami, and it's starting to play out a little bit here. And if you look at some of the numbers for them statistically, you know, at top of the board, you know, offensive and defensive efficiency, they, they look good, right? They check all the statistical boxes. But if you look at them at this season, their bench overall is actually one of the top scoring benches in the NBA. That's because Tyler Hero is playing about you know 30 minutes a game and averaging about 20, 20, uh, 21 points per game. But if you look at the rest of their bench, there's actually oh, the, the rest of their, the next leading scorer off of their bench is Dwayne Dedman at six and a half points per game. Like there's a massive drop off in production when, when without hero. And, and that kind of bothers me, right? Like out of the off, when we're talking about like offensive output, there's literally only five to six guys that are giving the Miami heat something on that end of the floor. And, and I think over a long haul, when you're talking about an 82 game schedule, when you're talking about a postseason, you know, you can't just have a six man rotation. You got to be a little bit deeper than that. And that is something that has kind of bothered me here with Miami. And you've kind of seen it, by the way, their last two games from an offensive efficiency standpoint have not been very good. So I think that's the thing that kind of bothers Miami. I mean, they're still a really sound team. They're still super solid in every area of the floor, but they don't shoot a lot of threes. They're kind of slow and their depth drops off really big after Tyler Hero. And I think that's going to ultimately weigh them down. JBT, it looks like the Knicks are coming around to be the team that you thought they were going to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this tweet from Tim Bontemps, but their starting five has played more minutes than any starting five or any five-man combo in the NBA, and they're being outscored by 14.4 points per 100 possessions. That's that's not good. No, it's not. It's funny. Like When you watch them regularly, it's like one of those times where like it's a team that regularly, when they go to their bench, like the bench performs much better. Yep. But it's it, for me, it's their defense, man. Like if, you know, the other day I was, I was asked about the Knicks and the, the lead in was like, you know, and obviously they're good defensively. Well, they're not, they're not actually like they're 24th in defensive efficiency right now. They're giving up the most wide open attempts from three in the NBA this year and opponents are shooting 41%. And if last year, they actually gave up the sixth most wide open attempts from three. The difference is last year, opponents shot 34% on those. Wow. So now they're starting to atone. They're atoning for their sins in terms of the way they play defensively. Their starting five is not very good from an efficiency standpoint on both sides of the floor. It's look, this is team is, is going to be, I think, a playoff team. But like, you know, I was I have an under other win total. I, I used it in the super con or me, the Westgate win total contest as well. After the hot start was feeling a little nervous about it. But like you said, they're starting to kind of round into the form that I expected them to. So, like, they're not a terrible team by any stretch, but, you know, they were getting lauded as, like, an Eastern Conference contender during that hot start. Uh, it's definitely time to pump the brakes. They're a middle-tier Eastern Conference team, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, sticking in that Atlantic division, uh, who are the Boston Celtics? Dude, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, it's funny because they have the talent, you know what I mean? Like, at least when you have two players, the level of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you should be a lot better at times. You should be able to close games out. And it's funny because Marcus Smart got so much flack for what he was saying, but he was absolutely right. You know, I wrote about this in the NBA guide. You know, this is a team that last season finished 25th or lower when we're talking about secondary assists or like those hockey assists, right? Yep. Passes per game, assist points created, like the ball sticks. And it's absolutely true. And so people were killing Marcus Smart, but he was right. Like statistically, this is a team that does not move and does not facilitate. 
and they're starting to get a little bit better at that. They have the shooting to be able to keep up with any team, and they have a whole bunch of six, seven, six, eight guys that are strong and should be able to switch almost every single matchup defensively. So I think maybe they're starting to round into form. They were also catching Toronto in a little bit of better shape. Toronto is breaking in Pascal Siakam from a minute standpoint. The rotations are a little bit out of whack, but I think that this Boston team's starting to figure some things out a little bit for sure. Is Yudoka the right guy to lead that ship, though? I, I don't know. You know, it seems like he is, but like when you're already having right, the players only meetings, what was that mm-hmm. like five games into the yeah. season? And there's been some resistance from them. I, like it's not the best start for his tenure. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I can see about that. Uh, what do you like here on this uh, short card here for Thursday? So I, I got the, I got the uh, Clippers circled and the under circled in that game. You know, we talked about the heat and the offensive production. If Jimmy Butler's not going to play, which I would assume on the second leg of a back-to-back with a sprained ankle, that's not going to happen. Uh, there looks like there's some ones popping up in favor of the Clippers potentially. Yeah, if it's one, uh, I definitely consider that uh, a play here because the Clippers have won uh, five consecutive games. They've covered four of them. They're the, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Uh, they are going to be, I think, a nightmare for a Miami Heat team coming off of a tough overtime game without Jimmy Butler. So I agree. Uh, circle the Clippers and the under in that game tomorrow. Okay. Uh, what about the Sixers? What have you noticed from them? Uh, you know, they lose two straight to the Knicks and the Bucks. Uh, obviously, you have to you know, you're wondering who's going to play on any given night, and maybe they're trying to uh, save and bead for the long haul. But, you know, the Sixers are a team that I can't really figure out right now. Yeah, and, you know, and, like, we're talking about, like, no continuity in the lineup too, right? Like, Joel and Embiid in and out of the lineup. Tobias Harris hasn't been playing. Danny Green. So it's hard to get a read on that. But I will I will share a stat that was really good. Uh, it's actually from uh, Tim Bontemps, Brian Windhorst, you know, that podcast that they do together. Uh, if you look at the quality of shot that Second Spectrum tracks, Philadelphia 76ers are getting some of the worst quality shots, but they're hitting at the highest clip on those shots. That's not sustainable. And so that's going to be something that falls back to the pack here with the offensive efficiency for Philly once uh, once the season gets going a little bit deeper. That's a pretty wild stat. JBT, I appreciate the time. Thanks, as always, for joining me here on The Look Ahead. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. There's Jonathan Bontobel, our senior NBA analyst, host of The Edge here on VCN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead. Here on VSIN, follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Smart journalism, fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. 
but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available on VSN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VSN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network, and absolutely loved what JBT had to say about a potential play here for Thursday in the NBA, and that is the Clippers. Yes, the Clippers who are hosting the Miami Heat. Miami playing the second night of a back-to-back, and who knows about Jimmy Butler's availability after he left this game against the Lakers with an ankle injury. Clippers, two-and-a-half-point favorites, and, yeah, they're playing really good basketball right now. Clippers, uh, what did JVT say? They won five straight games. So five straight wins. They're playing really good basketball right now, going up against the Miami Heat team playing the second night of a back-to-back. Granted, it's in the same arena, but possibly without Jimmy Butler. I think the Clippers, uh, I will tail him on that play. It's at two and a half right now up on DraftKings. Uh, The money line, though, is minus 135. And let's see, the money line parlay, if we do the Clippers, if we do Pitt, and the Baltimore Ravens, money line parlay pays out plus 218. There's nothing wrong with doubling your money, right? So uh, it's basically taking, you know, because I think there's no way that Pitt and the Ravens both lose. So it's essentially just taking uh, that Clippers game and getting minus 135 and turning it into plus 218. I wonder if there's a fourth game that we can throw into this parlay. Uh, You know, what's the fourth pick here for Thursday? There's only two other games on the NBA card, right? It's the Raptors and the Sixers, the Pacers and the Jazz. Uh, Is it Utah on the money line? Utah's been a very good home team. The Pacers um, are playing the second night of a back-to-back, right? They just lost in Denver. So maybe, it, let's see. Let's see if we can throw in the Utah Jazz as a minus 425 money line uh, favorite. Four picks, plus 292. Yes, you're almost getting plus 300 on that. 
Maybe that's the uh, money line parlay for your Thursday evening in sports. Uh, wanted to uh, switch gears, and we're going to get into plenty of football coming up uh, in a few minutes. Uh, Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, will join me as we go through both the college football card and uh, the NFL card as well. Uh, I gave out a couple of college picks already in uh, Houston, which I love to cover both the first half and the full game line, and Pitt on Thursday night, which is a really, uh, I think, one of my top plays is Pitt coming up here on Thursday night against North Carolina. Uh, I really think Oklahoma is going to roll here uh, on Saturday against Baylor. You know, Oklahoma coming off the bye, and I really also think that possibly Caleb Williams at plus 750 could be worth a sprinkle to win the Heisman Trophy. It's going to take some big-time performances for him to surpass Bryce Young, Kenneth Walker, and C.J. Stroud. But he's going to have the ability to do it. And I look, I don't think that he will eclipse those players. It's, you know, having played three less games is going to hurt his chances. But he could have some really impressive numbers over the next couple of games. Like, really impressive. And he could lead Oklahoma to an undefeated season, the Big 12 title, and a college football playoff berth. But taking a look at Oklahoma against Baylor, I don't care where Oklahoma's ranked right now. It doesn't matter to me. They're the fourth best team right now in college football, in my opinion. It just objectively looking at the teams, they're the fourth best team. I would say Georgia is the best team. Alabama is the second best team. Ohio State's the third best team. And Oklahoma's the fourth best team. Yes, Oklahoma has struggled at times. Defensively, of course, we've seen them struggle. But all Oklahoma has to do is beat Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State, likely twice, and they're in the college football playoff. And despite all of the, um, you know, talk about Oklahoma's struggles over the past couple of weeks or whatever, uh, or their struggles to score in the first half against Kansas, you realize in that Kansas game, they scored 35 points in the second half, right? Right? Like, that's what the math is, right? They, They scored zero in the first half. They finished the game with 35. Scored 35 points in the second half of that game. Since that half of football, Oklahoma has scored 52 points in their game against Texas Tech. They've won their last three games by double digits. So, yes, we can look at earlier in the season. (coughs) Excuse me and talk about a narrow escape against West Virginia. Talk about how they should have beaten Nebraska by more, or they should have beaten Kansas State by more. And yes, they were losing against Texas before making the switch. I almost want to ignore everything we saw from Oklahoma when Spencer Rattler was under center. I want to take out all of the games 
before they made the switch to Caleb Williams. Because this is a different team under Caleb Williams. His running ability gives this offense the dynamic that they need. And let's just look at this team from that second half, if you will, of the Texas game and moving forward from there, right? That's the moment where you have to start to evaluate who this Texas team is. I mean, who this uh, Oklahoma team is. Not the team that, you know, had narrow escapes earlier in the season against Nebraska, against Tulane, against West Virginia, against Kansas State. No. Let's look at this team starting with the second half of that Texas game. And I understand that that also includes a, uh, a, uh, a bad first half against Kansas. But in that second half against Texas, they outscored the Longhorns 35-10. to 10. So with Caleb Williams under center, they outscore Texas 35 to 10. They beat TCU 52-31. They beat Kansas 35-23. They beat Texas Tech 52-21. We're talking about double digit wins. If you include just the second half of the Texas game as its own little mini game. Double digit wins ever since Caleb Williams took over at quarterback. That's who Oklahoma is. And the fact that they're laying less than a touchdown, I don't care that it's on the road. It's not like it's a primetime game where the atmosphere might get to them. No. It's a uh, noon kickoff, Eastern time. Which is what? What's the time? Is it central time zone in Waco? Right? Okay, it's the 11 a.m. kickoff in Waco. I'm supposed to be bothered by the atmosphere? No, don't think so. Oklahoma has scored 50 points in three of their last four games. There might be a little bit of anger because of where they're ranked in the college football playoff rankings, even though their ranking doesn't matter. Oklahoma is 14 and 2 against the spread as a road favorite of less than 8 points. Laying under a touchdown is honestly a gift. Baylor's strength is their run, rushing attack. But going up against Oklahoma, you can't can't win by running the football. You got to score points. If they're going to score 50, you got to match that. So you got to throw the ball. And that's where I think Oklahoma's going to actually get some turnovers in this game when Baylor tries to throw the ball too much. I just think Oklahoma's going to roll here. And this isn't about a team that is underperforming. This is about a team that is a different team with a different quarterback now. And that's what people have to start to respect. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead. Here on BCN, the Sports Betting Network.
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.